The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 354. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all of those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook and a free audiobook. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com, mcclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll, 10 Myths of American History, and you get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. I will have another course coming out in September, so you're going to want to get involved at McClanahan Academy. I've also got 12 other courses, courses there that you can purchase. Great courses. I've got the first two parts out of my Southern Cultural Intellectual History series. Those are new. You're going to want this stuff. So head on over to McClanahanAcademy.com, pick those up. You can also click on that support tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. You can get your book plates if you want my autograph on one of my books. I've got a new book out, Southern Scribbling, 60 Essays in Defense of the Southern Tradition. You can get that book. I can get, you can get a book plate. I'll sign it, send it to you. You can also throw a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can also go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. It's my affiliate link for Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. I teach there with Tom and a lot of great other great instructors. I mean, there's a lot of great people there. It's a great educational resource as well. And, of course, you can click on that Shop tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. You can get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. So there's lots of great ways to... Support the show. And as always, share it around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. That gets more eyeballs on the podcast, the videos, gets more people listening to the podcast. And of course, that does help grow the audience and gets more people thinking locally and acting locally. All right. So let's talk about the topic. It is uh, a piece that was in Breitbart uh, yesterday. And of course, this is the academic lunacy that we're facing in America today. I don't think these people even realize how hypocritical they are, how stupid they are at times. And this has to do with Washington and Lee University. Now, if you don't know, Washington and Lee University is in uh, Lexington, Virginia. It's the place, it was called Washington College. Robert E. Lee uh, was hired there to turn the school around after the war was over. And he did so. I mean, Lee did a very good job at Washington College, which later changed its name to Washington and Lee University. This is in Virginia, two of the most famous sons of Virginia. The only one that I think that you could say, or there's maybe a couple of more famous than Robert E. Lee from the state of Virginia, would be Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. But when you look at the four biggest names from Virginia in all American history, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, and Lee. So you've got two of the biggest names on the name of the college. Of course, Jefferson has his own college in University of Virginia, and they want to eradicate his name from that school as well. I mean, they just want to get rid of it. This is how sick these people actually are. If you don't agree with the message of the school, their history of the school, the traditions of the school, why would you go work there? Well, there's a reason for that. Because most of these nincompoops couldn't get a job anywhere else. If you look at who's writing some of the most idiotic stuff now on the web or... Uh, some of the most idiotic academic, quote-unquote, academic books, I mean, they come from university professors. Consider uh, a piece that came out in the Washington Post 
Uh, it was uh, a few months ago, but autopsies are a sign of uh, racism now. So that if you get an autopsy, and this came from an academic, from a college professor, autopsies are now racist. Uh, if you uh, if you are against looting, well, that's now racist because this is a perfectly acceptable way to exhibit your frustrations against the state and the system. You see, the state and the system are wrong. They have oppressed people forever. Now, I mean, libertarians would say, oh, yeah, well, I mean, the state is wrong. Of course, what these people really mean, though, is they're not against the state, per se. They're against the other people controlling the state, and they want to control the state. So it's not an opposition to the state. These people aren't complete anarchists. They're Marxists, which means they want to control the state to make other people do what they want. In other words, they are Yankees on steroids. You see, because Yankees essentially wanted to do that, too. They wanted to control what, every, what everybody else does, right? So, I mean, these... When you talk about Marxists, the real problem in America is not Marxists, it's not ideological leftists, it's Yankees. And you have them all over the United States. It doesn't matter whether they're in the South or the North or the West. They're all over the place. Karens are actually Yankees. And they like to lecture about how righteous they are about things and how, how, uh, how stupid everyone else is. One of the funniest things I see is when people uh, say that only people with, you know, more people with high school education support Donald Trump. Well, I know a lot of people with just high school educations. And they're usually, uh, particularly as they've gotten into adulthood, uh, they're typically have a lot more common sense than people with college degrees. Uh, I mean, nine times out of ten, they figured out a way to make it in life and get along with things and do things with a, with a high school degree, no college degree, and they're doing fine. They didn't need that college degree. Now, I teach at a college, and so uh, I want you to, you know, I think that people should go to college when it benefits them long term. But a lot of people have common sense and don't go to college, and that's okay. I knew a lot of people that, uh, without a college degree that had a tremendous amount of common sense. So what they're doing there is saying, I mean, you know, Jim Carrey has come out and said, well, people that support Trump are uh, primitive people. They're primitive. You're subhuman. You're undermensch is what they're saying. You are below human because you don't have a college degree or you support Trump or whatever it is, right? This is the kind of rhetoric that was used in the 1850s. And I've said this before when Northerners were calling Southerners vomit, I mean, devils. So this is where we are today. But of course, once you get to the academic institutions, and there's this, I mean, it's so funny that people think that somehow Americans are being indoctrinated by right-wing propaganda when the entire academic establishment is left-wing propaganda. Hence this piece from Breitbart about a course offered at Washington and Lee University on how to overthrow the state. Now, let's talk about the hypocrisy of this just for a second before I get into the course. How to overthrow the state. Now, one of the critiques of Robert E. Lee is that he was a traitor. The neocons throw this around. The left throws this around. How can you support a guy that was a traitor? Now, Lee wasn't trying to overthrow the state. Lee wasn't even trying to overthrow the United States. Lee was simply trying to have independence for the South and the United States government was fighting to keep the South in the Union. There was no battle over the control of the Central Authority in Washington, D.C. That was never in question. The Confederacy had their own government. 
They had their own central authority in Richmond or Montgomery. Montgomery, then Richmond. They weren't contesting that the United States could have a government, that the United States could have financial institutions, a Supreme Court, a Congress, a presidency, state governments. They weren't contesting any of that. They weren't contesting the United States could have a military. They weren't contesting one thing, that the United States could still, could still continue its foreign policy with every other foreign power around the world. They weren't contesting any of that. What they wanted was independence. There was no effort to overthrow the quote-unquote state. In fact, even the leftists that have some sense will argue that the Confederacy was a hyperstate, meaning that it was extremely centralized. Now, I disagree with this, and if you want to take my course on the War for Southern Independence, just go to McClanahan Academy. I've got a great course on it. I do think that there was a mixed messages from the Confederacy, and at times they did act uh, against the Constitution, just as any central power is going to do. But the fact is, Lee was never a traitor to anything. But if you do this, if you overthrow, if you overthrow the state, particularly engaging in violent activity against the state to try to take the state by force, well, then you are engaging in treason against the state. But see, again, independence is not treason. Independence is something else. Now, if these people were saying we want to have independence from the United States, I'd be all for that. Let's have a class on independence. Wouldn't it be ironic, though, that they want to get rid of Robert E. Lee and they're at a school then, even want to get rid of Washington off the name. There was one professor there, some moron, I don't know who he is, some moron at the school that wants to get rid of the name of Washington from the college as well. Washington. Because Washington is an awful guy, according to the, uh, according to the left. So... I want to start with first the course description. This is from fall 2020. This is at, this is writing 100, section 18, writing seminar for first year. So this is a freshman writing seminar. So you got these little minds of mush. It's taught by Robert Gildner. Now, I don't know who Robert Gildner is. I really don't care who Robert Gildner is. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't know. Robert M. Gildner. Uh, and the course is writing seminar for first years, how to overthrow the state, three credit hours, prereqs, first year class standing, concentrated work in composition. All students write at least three revised essays in addition to completing several exercises emphasizing writing as a process. All sections stress active reading, argumentation, the appropriate presentation of evidence, various methods of critical analysis and clarity of style. This course places each student at the head of a popular revolutionary movement aiming to overthrow a sitting government and forge a better society. I'm sure <laughs> that all these idiots that are in there would learn how to forge a better society. How you attain, how will you attain power? How will you communicate with the masses? How do you plan on improving the lives of the people? How will you deal with the past? Because you know. The past, as I said in the last episode, is what's really up for grabs in 2020. The 2020 election is about how we interpret American history, right? And this course proves it. These people run around thinking that what we need to do is deal with the past by getting rid of the past, right? You start over at 1975. Everything before that is ridiculous and we don't need it. 
From Franz Fanon to Che Guevara to Mahatma Gandhi and others, we explore examples of revolutionary thought and action from across the global South. Students engaging these texts by participating in a variety of writing exercises such as producing a manifesto, drafting a white paper that critically analyzes a particular issue, and writing a persuasive essay on rewriting history and confronting memory. Rewriting history and confronting memory. You see, this is what the Marxists want to do. I mean, it's open now. We're going to rewrite history. I thought that's not what we we're doing. If you take down a statue, we're not, we're not rewriting history. We're not changing history. No, no. We're just making sure that stuff is gone because it's not rewriting history to take this down. Well, of course it is. Robert Gildner has figured this out. Everyone knows what they're doing here. Everyone knows this is the agenda. Everyone knows this is what the left really wants to do. Everyone knows it. This is why the DC Faces stuff with Bowser there wants to take down Washington and Jefferson and Franklin and Mason and Columbus. This is what it's really all about, because if you remove the statue and you get rid of that public record, well, then you can say anything you want, or it can just disappear into the memory hole and nobody knows about it anymore. It can all be gone. I mentioned in my Politically Incorrect Guide to the Founding Fathers that one thing I found interesting about Washington, certainly you could say that no one's going to stop talking about Washington, but you could reduce his point in a textbook to simply nothing. He's a general. That was a slave owner that led to American independence. But he was a bad guy. And what he really liked to do was design uniforms. So he was more in line with modern Calvin Klein than anything else. Because this is what I've seen about George Washington. He's not a great American hero. No. He's just a slave owner. A brutal one. A mean one. And you know what? What he was doing was leading a slave-holding empire against, or a, a slave-holding republic against the empire, which was trying to free slaves. Central authority good, independence bad. Unless you're here in Robert Gildner's class, and Robert Gildner wants you to write a manifesto and a white paper, and learn how to rewrite history and confront memory. You see. This is memory studies. This is David Blight. This is all the stupidity that comes out of that. I mean, you, you can connect all the dots here of these morons that run around doing these things. I could, I could probably do a, a, an episode on this kind of stuff every single day of the week. You could find one of these classes in just about any university across the country. But again, it's funny because this is at Washington and Lee University, and I thought Lee was a traitor, and I thought we weren't rewriting history by taking Lee off the name of the school, and I thought we weren't rewriting uh, history by removing statues of Robert E. Lee. I thought we weren't doing any of that. No. But yes, they are, and they admit it. Forget about having, though, the names that they give you, these Marxists, and of course Gandhi, uh, nothing about anybody in the United States that, of course, might have led a revolution. I mean, we only have a whole generation, two generations of men that did it, if you want to say it was a revolution. But no, 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 because that's not a Marxist revolution. It's not for the people. You see, this is the real problem with this stuff. This is why these things are dangerous. The uh, piece gets into all this stuff, and then it says, Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk reacted to the course, telling Breitbart News, This is disgraceful. We must stop brushing aside these egregious examples of campus craziness as isolated incidents. Well, I agree with him. 
This is not an isolated incident. You have this craziness on every single campus across every single college, at least university, in the United States. You've got it there. It's all there. You've got somebody on these campuses that uh, is less than grounded, and they couldn't get a job doing anything else. That's why these people become professors. And again, if you're going to go teach at Washington and Lee University, you should know the history. If you don't want to teach, if you don't want to be around Washington and Lee, why would you take the job there? Well, there's a reason, because they can't get a job anywhere else, number one. Number two, there aren't really that many jobs. I cringe every time somebody says to me, I want to go into, you know, get a PhD and go into teaching at the college level because there are no jobs. And, and these the schools are figuring out a little more and more how to cut down the full-time positions and get adjunct positions. I mean, all this is happening. They're trying to do it in certain fields. Now, other fields, not so much, but in history, it's a little dicey. Uh, he says, uh, the lessons of the past few months prove that these ideas don't stay on campus. They spill out into the streets. Well, of course. And, I mean, that's the point. You see, every one of these little professors that runs around doing this, they understand what they're doing. They don't have a voice much. I mean, these people are angry. They've got a lot of angst. And they, this is like their little talk show. They can get into their little talk show. This is their chance to be Oprah. And they can stand up there and they can indoctrinate people. I mean, you could, well, aren't you being hypocritical, McClanahan? Well, you don't have to listen to this. I mean, people want to listen to this. What I don't do is do this on my, in my college courses. I want to teach history, and it's going to be good and bad, ugly, not always nice, but I am going to tell you who are American heroes, and we're going to look at the real issues. And, of course, I've got McClanahan Academy. But these people can't, they can't get around the fact that this is their only outlet. And they, and they want to ensure that these little minds of mush that come to see them, because high school students at this point, uh, when they're 18 years old, haven't had enough life experience to pick out a shyster yet. Uh, that, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they, they thrive on these things. So these nincompoops can't do anything else. He said, this is a prime example of the intellectual rot that has infected the academy in America. The Trump administration should investigate and determine if this is the type of scholarship federal funds should be used to subsidize. Well, here is an issue. You see, you had these state accrediting, uh, these accreditation agencies, uh, and the idea of those was to ensure that there was some academic integrity in an institution. When they were first created back in the early 20th century, that was the point. But now the only point of them is to ensure these schools can get federal funds because the federal government has infected everything. It's infected everything. So Kirk is saying, well, they need to ensure that the student loans these people are taking out to go to Washington and Lee are not being used to indoctrinate. We know that's not going to happen. There's going to be no investigation. That's, I mean, and in reality, this professor should be able to teach this class if he wants to. I don't, I don't believe in this economic coercion here. If, if uh, Gildner wants to teach some stupid class and you've got a bunch of pinkos that want to take it, well, then take it. Uh, one of my favorite courses of all time as an undergraduate was a course entitled Utopian Novel. It was a far left wing professor that taught it. I love the course. It was fun. In fact, uh, she actually liked the book 1984, even though the world we live in now is 1984. But uh, she liked it. She thought it was great. 
So I, I, I love taking the lefties at times. I thought it was great. Sometimes I offered some pretty interesting classes. But regardless, um, you shouldn't defund a class because they do things like this, but you should have your eyes open to what's going on in college campuses, on college campuses. And you should take all this and say, you know, if you don't want your kids to go do that, well, then do something else with them. And put some pressure on Washington and Lee, maybe the English department there, to not offer such a stupid course. I mean, I don't know. Or there should be some counterweight to it. But we know, I mean, the, we need to have, I mean, professors need academic freedom. I, I believe in it 100%. Uh, in July, the faculty of Washington and Lee voted to remove the name of Robert E. Lee from the university's name. Of course, it hasn't done it, and it probably won't do it. I don't know if it will. It might. But the name removal suggestions didn't stop with the Confederate general. Later, Washington and Lee associate professor of law, Brandon Hauschbrook, argued that his peers have not taken their fight for social justice far enough, proclaiming that the school should remove George Washington's name as well. It is worth exploring why the faculty has decided to make a collective statement on Lee and why the faculty has not in included a demand to drop Washington in their petition, said Hausbrock. It is no longer acceptable, profitable, or convenient to be associated with Lee, but it is for Washington. Washington and Lee University did not respond to Breitbart's news request for clarification on whether the students will be trained to overthrow only the federal government or also the state of Virginia, as well as the on the educational merit of the course and how it will shape Washington and Lee students to be successful Americans after graduation. I mean, that's beyond the point. That's really beside the point. That's not what the point is. The point is to create little revolutionaries that run around and go riot and loot. I mean, this is what they want. Go stand in, over people and intimidate them into putting their arm up in the air, or whatever these people want that particular day. That's the point. Because in a soft area like history or English, the point for many of these lefties now is activism. They want you out rewriting history. They want you out changing memory. They want you out pulling down statues and rioting and looting and doing everything you can to be an annoyance. Because to them, that forwards the revolution. That forwards their process of wanting to go forward, as you know, Lenin and others said, forward, comrade, this is what they really want. So, you know, this is uh, just indicative of the times. You could find one of these things. I agree with Charlie Kirk. You could find one of these things anywhere in the United States. Uh, on every college campus, you could probably find a course. Um, well, not everyone. You could find a course at most major universities. I'm sure, though, that would get into some things like this because you have so many faculty employed, adjunct, full-time, that they're going to have these kind of courses. Some of them, as I've said, were, were fun. You know, The left-wingers uh, that I was involved with as an undergraduate, some of them offered some pretty fun stuff, and I often took them, and I was not a left-winger, and uh, certainly I got into a lot of arguments with them uh, as an undergraduate, they tolerate it a little more. As you, if you're a graduate student, they don't. And they don't tolerate it as a graduate student because they know that what they're actually doing with you as a graduate student is they can block you from getting the advanced degrees, which means you can't go join the club. right? So there's a, there's a little more pushback as a graduate student. But certainly as an undergraduate, you know, I took all the Marxist professors in the political science department, uh, and I had one that would swear to Marx. I mean, this stuff has been going on for a long time. It's not new. It's been going on for decades. But uh, it seems that we're getting more and more of it today. I don't know if that's true or not. I think that this stuff has always been there. We're just maybe more aware of it. 
nowadays in our very hyper-partisan and political environment. But regardless, the point I wanted to make is that these nincompoops, I think, don't see the irony in what they're doing. They want to remove Lee, who they say was a traitor, who they say was trying to overthrow a government, yet they're teaching a class on overthrowing a government from a Marxist perspective. So overthrowing it one way is fine, but overthrowing it another way is not fine. Well, which one is it? And of course, I, as I already argued, Lee didn't want to overthrow it anyways. I mean, that wasn't what his goal was. But certainly, if in their mind, I don't know how they reconcile these things. Okay. That's it. This is the last episode of the week. I've got my Abbeville Institute podcast out tomorrow. So if you want me five times a week, go out there and get that Abbeville Institute podcast as well. Go to abbevilleinstitute.org. Click on that podcast uh, post. It's usually there. Or um, It's another great way to listen to, uh, to me five times a week. So hope you enjoyed it. If you don't get the Abbeville podcast, I'll see you next week. See you on Monday. See you then. Have a good weekend.